Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. How's everybody doing? I want to welcome you into a very special episode of the Opinionated... Oh, no, hold on, hold on. This is the NBA Rookie Life with Ryan Hollins, man. I got a really cool episode, man. You, you, I think you know who it is, man. None of them, my dog. Hold on, he's a man. He's one of those friends that hate, man. Shout out to my dog, Brendan Hayward. B, what's going on with your dog? What's going on with you, man? Glad to, glad to be up here with you, my man. Hey, man, nice words from you, man. Hey, hey look, you're looking rather slim, brother. You're looking slim, man. I'm just hey, about to man. throw that out, man. You're looking good, hey, man. Hey, listen, man, you rolled me last. I saw you in L.A. last year. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you, I, you, I said, you said I fell off, so I, I made sure I took this summer to make sure I got, got my way to where you were. I respect that about you, man. The, the, the work ethic is always there. And for those who... Are, are, are fans of the NBA. You can look around the association, and I like to say it's the most wonderful time of the year. What is that? NBA training camp where things are getting going. Um, I played 10 years. Uh, I, I've been a part of a number of rigorous training camps, most infamously, shout out friend of the show, uh, Byron Scott. I thought Byron Scott, I had, man, he, 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 no, he took some, listen, B. Scott had us run. He was just making stuff up, dog. Uh, easy run. There's nothing about the easy run. It's 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 you are running thir- 25 minutes with your hands in the air. Okay, um, that's to start off uh, a triple suicide, Brendan. Yeah, never heard of one of those, huh? And, and I, we can go down the list. We can go down the list. Like like shooter runs with no yeah. joke would be yeah, Scott. That's I, I, I love B. Scott. But that's pointless. I'm gonna let you take that up with coach. All right, I, I'm yeah. not gonna take yeah. that up. Retired or not, I ain't taking that up with coach. But B, you were, um. In your 14 years world championship in those times, you were part of some really memorable training camps, man. So I was wondering, man, do you have any cool training camp stories? For me, i tell you this. You're going to love this story. As a rookie, um, man, you know I was trying to dunk everything, dog. My mm-hmm. name was Dunk. It wasn't Ryan. It was Dunk. The ball went in there. I dunked it. And uh, all the coaches used to mess with me. You know, a lot of energy, just having fun. And I went up and dunked one in a drill. And I kid you not, man, I broke the backboard. The backboard okay. came down. It felt good. Bragging rights were there. Now, it was more like I dunked hard enough that a pin moved because I ain't had no mm-hmm. weight. So, I was – it was more I get up there, dunk it, have so much bounce, rip the rim, pin fell out. I was feeling myself, dog. I was feeling myself. They wrote about it in the paper. You know, it seemed just like a, a, a good buzz. But, B, you had a different situation because your first years in the league, if I'm not mistaken, you come into training camp and with Michael Jordan. You come right. in with arguably right. greatest – the GOAT, man, the Carolina GOAT, the, the, the Michael Jordan, dog. 
What was training camp like with Michael Jordan? You know, sometimes when you're young, you don't know any different. Mm -hmm. But tell me what you learned from him. How was it? Was it one of those grueling B. Scott training camps or one of those like, hey, man, y'all know what to do. Get ready. Get up out of here camp. So what was it like going into training camp uh, with Michael Jordan? Man, training camp my first two years was really good. Um, I I actually liked training camp. Uh, Doug Collins had a tough training camp, but it was fun though because we competed. Um... A lot of competitive scrimmaging, competitive drills, losers got to run. And that's what I took away from camp, mm. is that right away you could see Michael Jordan's competitive spirit. Like, especially, like, if you get into these scrimmages, man, like, Mike would ratchet up the intensity of everything just with him, with him talking. I remember one time, like, we're in a scrimmage. Now, you know, loser got to run a suicide at the end. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Once he thought about suicide. <laughs> yeah. So Doug, Doug, in our second practice was basically like, yeah, we would stretch, go through our plays, and then it was a hey, competitive scrimmage. And then we a hey, loser got to run, right? And so Mike would just ratchet up the intensity. Now, guess what? Now stacks at Jordan's neck. Now they're playing. They, they going head to head. Both teams want to win. So I would just always be, um, I was an all-time Mike would always ratchet up the intensity of training camp. And then don't lose to his team because the whole time you run in sprints, he talking trash then too. I told you y'all won't go win. Y'all gonna run all day. I hope you bunch of track you. Like, dog, MJ was going to always bring that type of intensity. Now, let, let me ask this, because this happens a lot of times in practice or a training camp. Will Mike stack his team? Because sometimes what you'll do is you'll split up both teams of guys, and it'll be evenly matched. You know, he'll play against him, size for size, guard against guard. Or sometimes, B, we've got to keep it real. We've seen a couple situations where the first team is the, 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 the first seven or eight most talented guys, and then the rest of the team going against them. So with all due respect, you, you kind of set up to lose. So w- was Mike playing things fair? And secondly, do you think Doug Collins knew, like, I can't just have a regular training camp for Mike. They got to compete. I got to get him going. I got to, you know, get him to be in his best, and the team is going to feed off of it. No, nah, like, it was all about competition. Mike didn't want a team with him and Stackhouse and everybody on the same team. Or mm. with him and Richard Hamilton and everybody on the same team. Like, no, he... He wanted the team to be fair because he wanted the the the, scrim- the scrimmages to be locked. Yeah. He wanted them to, you know, and and Coach Collins at the same time. The first the first practice, that first practice was a lot of drills and running through plays. And like I said, that second practice, you run whatever plays we ran through uh, the first uh, at the, in the morning. We would come through, we would yeah, demo those plays, and then after that, we would just use those plays in the scrimmages. And so we would say, hey, we're going to use whatever play we were running. We were running floppy, UCLA action, hawk cut, whatever it was. We were going to, you had to use that for that whole scrimmage. And the scrimmages were, were like the length of a real NBA quarter. We had a real official mm. getting, getting in, getting after it, competing. So yeah, it, it wasn't a, a special, especially hard training camp like you went through as far as with B. Scott, because we weren't running for no reason. We were running with a purpose. Like, yo, we yeah, playing. Yeah. And then the intensity is ratcheted up because Mike, he like this off the rip. He letting everybody know who the big dog is. How did you adjust as a young guy? You know, do you feel like those that your time at Carolina end up paying off? Because for those who don't know, a lot of young guys get in and you're not throwing different plays at them and saying, oh, you got to execute that now. You're teaching them how to execute, you know, yeah. a lot of a, a lot of times. So for a young guy. Was it like, hey, man, like this is going kind of fast? Or do you feel like that time at Carolina made you, had you prepped to say, okay, what's the plays? Go in there and run them, execute them. I think that's one advantage I had over a lot of the younger guys, younger bigs on our team is that, you know, with that Carolina system, we were forced, you were forced to learn a lot of plays offensively and defensively. Offensively, hey, secondary break is the traditional Carolina offense. There's a bunch of reads within that offense. If you can't think, you can't play for, for the Tar Heels. So I, I understood those plays. So I, running a bunch of plays at me wasn't that hard. And then at the same time, the defensive concepts, yo, like we ran real defensive schemes. We didn't just sit in the zone all day. Like, yeah. you know, we had, got, we had guys that, that didn't know how to rotate in man-to-man coverage because all they played is zone in college. Whereas Carolina, like, yo, I had to show out on screens and get yes. back high, stay high. I had to rotate, um, weak side shot block. And then I had to know zone principles. So, I was prepared for multiple 
levels of what the NBA is all about simply because I went to college for four years and I had to do it all the time. Nah, man, that, that makes sense. And for those who don't know, there are a lot of extremely talented guys, way more talented than you and myself. I got 10 years, you got 14, but you had a lot of guys who would step in, literally did not know the plays. And I'm not yeah. going to say, there were even some star players where, you know, it'd be, you're on the other side, they call it a play, you like, and sometimes your job was to know the plays for somebody else. Hey, you go over there, set a screen, did it, walk them through, or you, you didn't know it, you know. So, you know, people don't know, like, a, a situation like a training camp, that's the difference between you being ready to go out and play or not. And a lot of times it's not, you know, dictated by talent, or especially you have a veteran team shooting dog. You had Mike <laughs> on the other side, yeah. so he wasn't trying to wait for the young fellas. Right. Yeah, Mike definitely, I mean, listen, Mike, if you, if you weren't ready to play right away, they, they would give you a couple opportunities and then they'd move you to the back of the line. And, and that's and that's and that's how it was because you know um, we played on a team with Michael Jordan. We were competing, trying to make the playoffs, so we didn't have a lot of time to wait for the young guys. And I, I noticed that right away. So I, I was always trying to make sure you did things right the first time. And the biggest thing for coach, don't make them have to tell you the same thing twice. Thanks. That's how that, that's that's how I live in training camp. Like, all right, I might mess up the first time, but you have to tell me again. Starters in the second unit might get grace. Here's the golden rule. All you young rooks, you high school, whatever, that third team, if you don't know, coach don't want to hear nothing from you. You're you, nah, you going to be go, bumped go, out. He'll be like, hold go, on. Go, you, go sit down. You, go sit down. If you don't know, yeah. if, you're the third, if you don't watch two, if you watch two groups go before you, you the third guy, and if you mess it up, man, go sit down. You ain't sitting. They, they ain't got time for you. Facts. All right, B, so you, you come in your first year, you got Michael Jordan. Okay, that that's one heck of an experience. And it sounds like you ain't know no different. You just thinking that's a normal trip. I'm gonna tell you right now, looking over Michael Jordan be a part of your training camp, that's a once in a lifetime experience, dog. But your last year, you get another guy, arguably the greatest player of all time, the two goats, essentially. We'll say the two goats right now for the sake of the show, LeBron James. What was it like going into training camp with LeBron, man? This is your last year in the league, your experience, you've been through everything, you've seen everything. What was training camp with LeBron? Um, how does he prepare? What's he like? Any cool things that he goes through? You know, because he has a much different mindset than Michael, as we know. But behind the scenes, what was LeBron like in camp, man? Uh, it was a different scenario because training camp at that point was a lot different. Year 14 was a lot different than year one. We didn't do nearly as much um in year 14 as we did my first couple of seasons in the league training camp was a lot harder back then um but but at the same time it, it was interesting because i was watching lebron really try and and think through the game because he understood this was a mm. a young team and you know a lot of these guys hadn't been on the journey that he had been on so in training camp i could see lebron trying to teach guys certain things. Because, you know, at that point, Deion Waiters and Kyrie Irving were supposed to be like the up-and-coming backcourt. And like low-key, low sure. like, right away, those guys didn't really want to defer to LeBron, even though he was LeBron. <laughs> and he could feel it. So he was like, and he yeah, was yeah, like yeah. hey, man, trying to get guys to understand the role, where, the, where, where they're supposed to be. And then sometimes he just go through and he would let them do their thing whether it's training camps, preseason games, he would let them try to do things their way because he was trying to show them over time that, hey, man, your way really won't work. You need to do it more my way. So it was interesting to see LeBron as opposed to Jordan. Jordan tried to ratchet up the competitive level while LeBron was trying to be more of a teacher because he understood he had a bunch of young guys. Tristan Thompson was a young guy, Deion Waiters, uh, Kyrie Irving. These young guys hadn't been through what he had been through, and he was trying to prep them for it. How about from the competitive standpoint? What was he? Um, you know, you know. I guess one of the, to me, one of the greatest things, and one of the things that LeBron gets criticized for is like he knows the moments to turn it on. And it sounded like you you mentioned, you know, Michael was finding his gear right away. You know, Le was LeBron more so waiting like, hey man, it, it's training camp. I know my body. I know when I can turn it on. I know what I can turn it on. And I think that's one of LeBron's greatest assets that when it's time to be called on, you know, what does he call it? Playoff LeBron, whatever it may be, you know, that guy yeah. is there. Um, who was he in camp? Which LeBron was there? You mentioned him being the teacher, but from a competitive standpoint, how did he approach and compete uh, in, in practice every day? How vocal was he? You know, what were the things that, that he would say? Oh, LeBron was always vocal. And he was all like, obviously, he's one of the best players of all time. So he was obviously one of the best players in camp. Um, but he was vocal as far, like I said, his vocal, like MJ and LeBron were vocal, but in different ways. 
MJ was vocal trying to spark competitiveness. LeBron James was vocal trying to be more of a teacher leader type. So he wasn't mm. going, he wasn't going out. He wasn't talking trash to Kyrie Irving. You know what I'm saying? He was trying yeah, to, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. that tight, but like, like, you know, Braun was still Braun. He was still going out there, uh, being that guy that's a floor, uh, uh, complete, had a complete floor, floor game, floor general, playmaker. Then at the same time, hey, man, he might ratchet it up and start guarding people. Uh, he's flying all around in the passing lane. So, you know, Braun's going to do what he does. Man, good good stuff there, B. Let's get to the juicy material, man. Um, my favorite uh part of the show, the NBA rookie life film room, man. And we're gonna do a fun thing we have never done before, man. It's a season preview, man. So I'm gonna lean on your expertise, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some questions out at you. I want three teams or three choices. We'll run down the top three candidates that you have. I'm not gonna stick you to one. Uh not yet. Uh we'll give you three choices. So let's start here with uh, Brendan's top three contenders. What three teams do you have contending for NBA championship this year? What three guys, what three teams, what three man race is it, man? Let me, let me know who you got. Um, the top three teams that's easy for me right now is Denver, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Boston Celtics. I look at all those teams. Oh. Yeah, I look at all those teams, and, you know, they have the high-end players. Um, I, When I look at the championship level team, first and foremost, you got to have that guy that we think is going to be not only a great player, but a Hall of Fame type player. That's normally what a championship level team has. All three of those teams have that. Um, I need a little, I need a little bit of defensive versatility. I need some guys that want to do the dirty work. So when I look at Denver, you got guys like KCP and, and Aaron Gordon. And so they're going to, uh, uh, I think Peyton Watson's going to have a bigger year this year as far as that's a young fellow to look out for. What school did Peyton Watson go to? What school uh, did he go to? Uh, I forgot. Some school out west where they don't ever win. They haven't won a championship since like the, the early nineties. Um, but <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, I think a team like Denver, they have that defensive component. Then they have their two stars. When you talk about Murray and Jokic and what they bring to the table, Jokic just gets it off in time. It's up. Oh, it's good. Of course it goes in. Jokic from downtown. Anthony Davis just stares at him. I just feel that that's a really, really good team. They're they're strong all the way throughout, and they can beat you in a bunch of different ways. And Jokic is so good; he's the best player in the league. He can beat you with his passing, his scoring, his rebounding. It's just it's just hard to match. So I, I really like what Denver is. And then if I go to the Eastern Conference, I love what Milwaukee did getting Dang Lillard. I think he's going to be able to do everything the last five minutes of a game that Giannis mm. kind of struggles with. You put the ball in Dane's hands, you're not worried about Dane getting fouled. Because, you know, he's not going to have a night where he's 7 or 17 from the free throw line. No, he's he knocking those in. When you when you run a pick and roll with Giannis at the end of the game, everybody's going to go underneath the screen, try to build a wall. Well, now if you put the ball in Dane's hands, Giannis gets to fly downhill because Dane comes yes. off the screen, Giannis is a roller, and then here is what is going to be the most problematic thing. When they put Brooke Lopez in the strong side corner, how do you guard the Giannis Dane pick and roll? When Brooke Lopez is in the strong side Oof. corner and the guys rotating to Giannis are shooting guards and small forwards because they're going to clear. Why that do you side. why do you say why do you say strong side corner? Why is that important? Who's the guy guarding Brooke Lopez? What's it's what's the, the I know why, but yeah. what's the thing behind that? Okay, so when you put the, when let's say Dame is driving to his right, you want to put Brooke Lopez in the strong right side in that strong corner, so that that's the easiest pass to make, and his man is the center. Mm. So now the center or the bigger player cannot rotate to Giannis because he has to stay in the corner because you can't give Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis or whoever they want to put in the strong side. You can't give those guys three to four wide open threes. They can knock those down in their sleep. Now, what becomes problematic is once you run that play with Dane, you either got to switch it or you you got to put two guys on Dane and let Giannis roll. Any way you put it, any way you slice it, Giannis is going to be screaming down the lane against a smaller body. Either you're going to switch it, he's going to have a point guard on him, or you're going to double Dane and Giannis is going to run to the rim and it's going to be uh, a shooting guard or a small forward trying to rotate from the weak side because, once again, that center, that bigger body, is going to be stuck to that corner. I think that play is going to cause teams nightmares in the playoffs. So I love that for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, My last team is the Boston Celtics. Tatum and Brown continue to get better. They continue to impress. 
Um, I think this roster got a little bit better when you add in a guy like Porzingis. All those shots that Al Horford was, was missing, Porzingis shoot 39% from three. He's going to be knocking those down. Mm. I love the addition of Drew Holiday. I, Marcus Smart, excellent defender. I think Drew Holiday, if you're really looking to it, is, a, is slightly better. I think Marcus Smart might be a little bit Wow, that, that's the defensive player of the year, B. Yeah, listen, one-on-one guarding people. Wow. I, like Drew Holiday outside of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler got his number. But outside of that, Drew Holiday makes life tough on a lot of people. And then you still got Derek White. So they have so much size. They're going to be able to come now, let me ask this. Let me ask this, though. Yeah. While you're on there, um, he was the emotional leader. You know, Drew's quiet, yeah. amazing guy. You know, so now I think it's more like a, a Draymond effect that you're missing uh, with Smart. That emotional leader is gone. Do you think that's the impact? That's kind of one of my reservations with Boston. Or do you think this is going to force Tatum and Brown to be that emotional leader, to step up in a leadership role in which they kind of didn't have to do? Well, I mean, the emotional leader is not something. That, that's something either you are that or you're not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, either, if you're that rah-rah guy, either you're that or you're not. And we know Marcus Smart yeah, is yeah. that. You know, Draymond Green for Golden State, he's that. Um, I think Tatum and Brown have to find their own ways to be leaders. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't try to emulate what Marcus Smart does because it won't be genuine and the team will feel it. You know, the locker room is a spot of fun. And so um, I, I think Boston will be okay because they have a lot of good guys. They have a lot of guys that want to win, going to work hard. Like, Drew Holly's one of the best guys, just, just people in the league. He's just a great person. You don't hear anything negative about Drew Holiday. Same thing for with sure, Ta- same sure. thing with Tatum. Um, Brown is working hard. I know people were kind of getting on him last year. He's had some turnovers because he's struggling going left. But at the end of the day, this is still probably top to bottom. Boston might have the most talented roster. Ooh, they have. Ooh. They might from top, okay. from top to bottom. They might have the most talented roster when you look at high level scores. Wing, uh, uh, you look at defensive versatility. I mean, Brown can defend. Tatum can defend. Um, you look at, we know what Holiday can do. You know what I'm saying? Porzingis can block shots. So they have a lot of versatility. And then a lot, all these dudes can shoot the ball and make plays too. And then let's forget, Derek White had a great year. That's a big point guard. So this team is very, very solid. Nice. I love where they're at. And those are my top three teams right there. Stay tuned, guys. Brendan's going to let you know who he thinks might win MVP. And it might not be somebody you think, man. Not the usual suspects. He's going to throw out a name, and we want to see what you guys think. Stay tuned. Coming up next. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6 the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, 
business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, let me, let me throw this out, man. I, I didn't plan on doing this, but you left off the Suns off this list. I sure, I'm sure they're not far behind. Why aren't the Suns in your top three? What what discourages you from looking at Phoenix and Kevin Durant and Booker and Bill and all that talent and saying, you know, I trust them as as contenders or in your top three? Um, because most teams that I look at as heavy uh, heavy contenders have a defensive component to their team. Over the last, mm. I think, 40-plus years, you have to, to win an NBA title or to be competing for a title, you have to be a top 15 defensive ball coach. And when I look at the Phoenix Suns, they've done a lot to add to their offense. You brought Bradley Beal in. That's good offense. And you, you brought Nurkic in. And you, you brought Grayson Allen to come in off the bench. And you brought Aaron Gordon in. And, 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 and you brought Bo Bowen in. These are all very talented offensive players. But they, they didn't mm-hmm. bring in a Drew Holiday. You know, they, they, they didn't bring in a Marcus Martin. You know, they didn't bring in a Clint Capella. Um, like, mm. where is the defensive component to this team? And it's missing, it's lacking, and you can see it right away. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you what what's what's today's date, man? What's today's date? Today is uh, October fourth, man. October fourth. Today today is October fourth. I'm gonna tell you right now what teams are gonna do to Phoenix in the playoffs. You wanna hear? Hmm. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. October fourth. Let's go. October fourth, I'm gonna tell you what teams are gonna do to Phoenix in May. They're gonna go out there. And they're going to call Nurkic up in the pick and roll. Look at his pick and roll numbers. They're not pretty. He doesn't play the pick and roll well. So teams that have a really good guy, like if they run into a Denver and Nurkic is in a pick and roll with Jamal Murray, they're going to get whatever they want. They're going to pick and roll Nurkic to death until they take him mm. out of the game. Once they take him out of the game, they're going to they're going to run to the rim because there's no shot blocking because Bo Bo isn't he he has to, he lacks defensive instincts as well. He, he didn't like Orlando didn't have him back because of some of the defensive problems. So there's they don't have a a shot blocker. They don't have a big that can switch the pick and roll and move his feet and get up at the level of the screen. They don't have any they they don't have anybody that's going to give them a defensive component in the post, on the wing, or on the ball. That is going to be problematic. And I'm telling you right now, the really good coaches in the playoffs they're going to attack Nurkic's feet. They're going to put him in every pick and roll and force Phoenix to take him out of the game. Okay. Okay. Look, okay. Hey, no said. I, I, I'm going to look for it. We stamped it. We're going to check it out. Hey, We're going to send you this clip. This works out. We're going to send you the clip, man. I told him for I'm telling you what they're going to do to these guys when, when it comes to back. Okay. Uh, let's move forward. Give me your top three MVP candidates. Obviously, we know the guys who have been putting in work. I think for me, it's hard to take them off the list. Who are your top three? My top three MVP candidates, I'm going with the heavy usage guys. And so normally I have Giannis up there, but I think Giannis is going to have to share that power with Dame. I think Giannis is going to run into, yeah, Giannis is going to run into, um, some of the same problems that KD ran into when he was in Golden State, where Golden State. him and Steph kind of split the vote. I think that's, Giannis is going to face some of that this year because, you know, uh, what, what's going to happen with Dame Little getting shots and Dame time and all that. So I'm going to go with the Joker. I think he has a real-life chance to average a triple-double. Um, mm. Yeah, So and, and he's led the league in PER the last three years. That's a, that's normally a, a MVP that's team. Unbelievable, that's unbelievable, dog. That's unbelievable. Normally when you lead the league in <laughs> PER, over the last 10, 15 years, you get MVP. Last year was the first year in a long time that that didn't happen. So I'm going to go with Jokic as one of my MVP guys. I think um, Embiid has a chance to be the MVP yet again. I don't know how that James Harden situation is going to work, um, but I think Embiid's going to get heavy usage this year. I think he always has heavy usage. It can be even more if, sure. if James Harden is not with the team or not playing or suspended. I don't know how that's going to play out. Last but not least, I'm going to go with a sleeper. 
not really a sleeper, but a guy that's not mentioned quite as much because his team fizzled out last year. But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Luke. And that drew rim. It's still loose. Luca got it back. I talked to my I talked to my my snitches down there in Dallas. You know what they telling me? They say Luca in shape. They say the team is vibing. Him and Kyrie getting along. If Dallas huh. is anywhere in the top four to five teams, it's going to be because Luca is having one of those years, and we know he's one of those ones. He's one of those guys that can average thirty points, yeah, yeah, eight yeah. rebounds, and ten assists. So I'm going for the heavy usage guys at the same time that can do multiple things with the ball, affect the game in multiple ways. So my top three guys are MVP. I'm gonna go. I'm going with Luca, uh, the Joker, and MB in no specific order. Wow. Okay, I, I got one. I'm gonna throw at you, and you can use this one for later because I, I, you know, you know what I'm saying. You can use this for later, but. I want you to look at, and I think this is the perfect year for Steph Curry to reclaim MVP. The reason that I say this is if you get Chris Paul there, they're going to need him to do a bulk of the scoring. Now Curry is going to have a chance to play off ball and be, you know, it for me and you competing against them or, or watching them because a lot of the centers normally get benched in those games. Uh, Steph Curry is more dangerous off ball. He doesn't have to think for everybody. When you're the point guard, you got to come down. Steph Curry scoring and scoring 30 and 40 points from the point guard spot is so impressive because he's got to think for everybody else on the team. With Chris Paul there, with Draymond back, he can get off the ball so much more, and that's something where he could just focus on scoring. Not to mention Golden State is in a situation they're going to need Curry to score the basketball for them to be uh, a, a contending. You know what I'm saying? In the Western Conference, the Western Conference is, is thick, top to bottom. So Curry is going to have to put up monster numbers. He can focus on scoring. He's one of the greatest scorers we have ever seen in a game. He's been throwing out himself into these words and letting people know I'm the greatest point guard ever. With all due respect to you, Magic, I'm the greatest point guard ever. So I think he's going to be in that running. And, and, and I think it's one of those years – in, in Steph's career where he's kind of showing, I still got it. I'm still one of those guys. Okay, let's move forward, man. Um, what moves excite you the most? Let's go back to the Bucks, man. Um, you, you talked about that pick and roll coverage. Um, what excites you about them? What, what kind of got you fired up um, with the Bucks within that move? Um, I guess more so from a, I'm, I'm going to give you this and I want to know how you feel about it. I feel like Scotty and Mike were, Batman and Robin. Okay. You knew Mike was going to take the shot. He Batman Robin did everything just as good. Okay. I think when you look at Kobe and Shaq, you can never say that Kobe was Batman and Shaq was Robin. I bring that up similarly because it's hard though in moments, Giannis is not as effective finishing games. Okay. Even though he has Giannis, I'm not going to call him Robin. I think it's more Shaq and Kobe. This era, Shaq and Kobe, if those two play at a very high level. But for you, you picked, talked on it earlier as far as the pick and roll coverages. But what else excites you about that move to the Bucks? Damian Lillard, new landscape. Hey, man, he's going to be hungry for a championship. They already won in Milwaukee. And Giannis said he finally got the help that he needed. But what else excites you about that move? Well, what excites me about Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee is that they finally got the closer that they need. Giannis is a great player but he's probably not the ideal closer because his mm. scoring area the last five minutes of the game becomes basically dunker layer. You know, you're not teams aren't going to sure. be scared of him taking a mid-range jumper. They're not going to be scared of him taking a turnaround jumper. They're not going to be scared of him taking a three-point shot. And a lot of times when he gets close to the rim, they'll foul him. And as you, if you watch, if you go back and watch game five, Giannis had 30, 30 plus points, maybe, maybe even close to 40, right? I was actually calling that game. Yeah. But the last five minutes of the game, it was dicey. They were fouling him. He was missing free throws. He was taking some mid-range jumpers. They weren't close. Then the coaching staff, they had to start coming up with different ways. To try. They started running through Chris Middleton, even though Chris Middleton was only playing on one leg last year. When you got Dane, you ain't got to worry about all that. Hey, big fella. It's kind of the same for way. Sure. Like you, I love the Shaq and Kobe um, comparison. Listen, Shaq used to carry the Lakers for three quarters, and then it was Kobe time. If you want to go back, Shaq and D-Wade, where it was like, hey, Shaq will do his thing, and then D-Wade mm. close the game out when the Heat won the championship. We're going to see something very similar. We're going to see something very similar when we talk about the Bucks, where Dane and Giannis, listen, Giannis is going to be his dominant self. He's going to be averaging 28 to 30 points a game. 
He's going to be averaging 13, 14 rebounds. He's going to be playing great defense. But the last five to seven minutes of close ball games, Dame is going to be the decision maker and the score. And that's going to be huge. Because now when they switch the screen, if they switch that screen and roll, Dame can be, Dame can look and be like, okay, big fella got a mismatch. And then a big fella got a mismatch, but he, he four of 11 from the free throw line tonight. We probably don't want to throw him the ball right here. They're going to foul him. So now he gets a big on him because they got to switch it. They switch it. Bye bye. He gets into his game time or he drives by his yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He gets Chris Middleton an easy yes. shot. And that is something to, as much as I love Drew Holiday's uh, versatility. He's not Dane at the last five minutes of the ball game. There's a reason For why sure. we call it Dane time when we start looking at our watch because he's done this time and time again. He's probably the only guy I know that's had two walk-off playoff game-winning shots. I'm talking about walk-off like in the series. Like, hey, okay. Yeah. He in the series. <laughs> yeah, that jumper he hit in OKC started a rebuild. Bye-bye, Russ. Boom. Don't forget about the jumper that he hit against Houston early in his career. So Dane understands these moments, how to play them, and he thrives in them. So I think playing with, playing with Milwaukee, he's going to have more space than he's ever had. Because like I said, all their bigs can shoot outside of Giannis, and he's going to be the guy rolling to the rim. And, and I double down on that. Dame is the best closer in the NBA. You can look at mm. – I would say you can look, even look at KD. You can look at Steph Curry. You can look at LeBron with all due respect. I think those last two minutes of a ball game, I put the ball in Dame's hands just because he's a point guard. He can go create open looks. He can handle the basketball. He can get to the foul line. You know, where those other guys, I think, just at this moment, he's proven that. Um, let's move forward, man. How do you like Memphis, you know, kind of, uh, you know, giving the bag to Desmond Bain, taking care of Jaron Jackson Jr.? And with John Morant, John Morant out, they went back and got uh, Derrick Rose, man. How excited are you for what Memphis did? Uh, do you believe in them and the moves that they made in this offseason? Yeah, I think Memphis is in a very good position. I think they could be uh, a team that makes a lot of noise in the playoffs. And because of Golden State and the Lakers and some of these other teams getting a lot of buzz, they get to fly under the radar, which is perfect mm. for their team. They, they went to press a lot last year for the wrong reasons. Now they get to fly into the radar. No one's talking about Memphis as a serious contender, but I like the addition of Marcus Smart. And I think you get past those first yes. 25 games, if they're anywhere over, slightly over 500, that's a plus. Cause those first 25 games when Jaws not going to be there, if they can win games and you get guys doing what they got to do and Marcus Smart playing well, now when you bring Jaws to this team, it's going to be very problematic because you got Bane on one wing defending, then you got then you got Marcus Smart, a defensive player of the year defending, then you got yes. Jaron Jackson Jr., a defensive player of the year, mm. shot blocker supreme. Down yes, I didn't even think about that. You got both of them. And listen, and if they really want to get dicey and get super super big, they can put Jaron Jackson Jr. at the four, and you got Stephen Adams in there. For They're, sure, this team is going to be able to throw some defensive lineups at you that are going to be really, really scary for the league to see. I also want to see Ja Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. take a half a step more in their offensive development in the half court. I think that's, mm. the, that's the next step, and it starts from day one. So if I was the Memphis Grizzlies, when we run pick and roll and those small guys get put on Jaron Jackson Jr., I would tell Jaron, hey, listen, I understand you can shoot the three ball, but when they switch a point guard or a two guard on you, I need you to run to that block and jump hook them to death, drop step, get fouled, do whatever you have to do, big fella, you got touch in there, because that's going to be what helps. Those type of moves, those type of plays during the regular season is what's going to help you in the postseason. But I like Memphis' team. Absolutely, man. Look, you ain't getting out of here, dog. You're going to talk about Houston Rockets. What do moves do you to? like about Houston? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to, man. Um, Look, man, my, my young team is going from developing to say we're going to compete. Got a new coach in Ime Udoka. Dylan Brooks is in town. Shout out Memphis. Thank you, Memphis. We are glad to have Dylan Brooks. Um, th there's a number of guys along with this young core. Is there any team maybe you can compare this to in the past where you're transitioning from we're developing to, hey, man, let's go out and win. Let's go compete. So what do you like uh, about Houston? Is there anything that stands out? and What might people look forward to uh, going into this season? Well, I, just, I like the fact that Houston um, has some good veterans to help these young guys. I like Houston's mm. young guys last year, but Ryan, you know how hard it is when you have a team full of just young guys. 
you need some veterans, and more importantly, you need some veterans that know how to play. You need some veterans that when they say something in practice, they can go out there and practice and back it up. It means something when that vet is, a, is getting out there playing 20, 30 minutes as well, and he's telling you and showing you the right things to do. So um, I, I think that Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks are going to help the team. I think Ime Adoka uh, is going to be a great coach for this team. It's going to be a great fit. I understand there are some things that happened in the past. There's no need to even talk about that. We're going to talk about strictly the basketball. And when you talk about Ime Adoka and strictly the basketball, you understood what he meant to mm. that Boston team. They missed that last year. They, sure. they missed what he brought from an intensity standpoint. I was at the finals when Boston played Golden State. The way he was talking to those guys and they were vibing with him, and, and I could see yeah, 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 yeah. you could when, when a player's vibing and he respects his coach and his coach can coach him hard and they and they not beefing, you see it. And I saw that with Ime in Boston. I think you're gonna love Ime in Houston. He's gonna bring that same intensity because he's he's walked through those doors. He he's he's been a pro for years. He's from the San Antonio system, so he's gonna be able to tell those guys, listen. This is how we do it. And if you don't do it, you're going to sit down. But if you do do it, I'm going to let you rock. And players love a mm. coach that's genuine and 100%. So I think uh, having Eme there, having some of those good vets like Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks there is going to help your young guys out tremendously. Houston has some of the best young talent in the league. And you get the privilege of watching them on a nightly basis. Absolutely, dog. And, and I'll throw this to you in harmony with what you, what you just said. Um, you got a player coach in Fred Van Fleet on the offensive end. He can take what Ime wants and he can implement it on the floor. Right. And I know one thing I know about Fred is he can have two, two points, four points, ten points, or thirty points, but he's still gonna have his effect on the game because it's his toughness. He's a winner and he can make the plays that you need. And Dylan on the defensive end, he's gonna be a catalyst. He's gonna get the guys going. He's gonna bring an edge to the city where people are gonna absolutely fall in love with Dylan Brooks. All right, let's move forward, man. We are NBA rookie life here. So we wanna know the top three rookie of the year candidates. Um, I guess unless you've been living under a rock, I think we know who the first one is. So go ahead and run through them, B. Uh rookie of the year candidate, obviously you got Big Victor down there in uh in San Antonio, Victor Wimbenyana. Uh, when, when I hope I said his name right. Wimbenyama. Wimbenyama. You better when, not mess I mean, that up. You're going to be a house of hay with a lot, I know, dog. I, I, listen, I got, I got about three more weeks to get his name right. Spurs harass Wallace into a turnover and home. <laughs> Don't go for that one. <laughs> Victor is going to change the game. Um, I think you're going to see it right away. This is going to be a guy that's going to be able to average between 18 to 20 plus points per game. Um, I think the rebounding will be there. The shot blocking is what I'm like. We were shot blockers. And so we appreciate a big man that can really block shots. And he's special sure. because he can block shots on the ball, off the ball. And then he's also really good at blocking jump shots. There's not a lot of guys. Like there's some That's bigs crazy. that can move their feet <laughs> on the perimeter with guards. But yeah. he can move his feet, separate. And then come back and block some of these step back jumpers that guys like to shoot in today's game. So I think Victor's defense is going to be one of the biggest things that he shows right away. Um, I think he's going to have a great year for the San Antonio Spurs. Obviously the ball handling, the passing, um, the shooting ability, great free throw shooter. Uh, I, I just think that he's going to kill him. He's one of those, he's one of those guys, you know, he's a lot. Uh, my second guy for rookie of the year, Scoop Scoop. Now hold on, hold on real quick. Yeah. Real quick. In short, I want to ask you this about Wimby. Um, with Wimby, what can we expect from Pop? He's really slight. He ain't great at posting up yet. How's he going to be used? Where can we expect him to be thrown in that offense? Oh, he, he's a little slight to be a center. Centers ain't big now today. Where can we see Wimby being used and what's Pop going to do with him really quick? Well, what, what, what Pop is going to do is teach him how to use his skill set. So if you look in the, in, the, mm. in the summer league, he was trying to show us everything because there was so much hype. So he'd be at the top for of the sure, team, dribble, sure. dribble, 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 <laughs> dribble, dribble, spin move. Hey, in the league, if you take, if yeah. you're a seven footer, you got to take three dribbles at the top of the key and then do a spin move. By the time you do that spin move, that weak side coming, that's a steal. So Pop is going to show him how to use that ability. Like, hey, big fella, you ain't got to do that dribble at the top of the key. We're going to run a pick and roll with you, and we're going to see what they do. So we're going to try to get a smaller body in you. So if they switch it, now we're going to roll you to the mid post, catch, and just use your length. So Pop's gonna, Pop is such a great mm. coach. He's gonna take the physical aspect out of it. When they switch the pick and roll, we're gonna get you to the mid post, and I just want you to shoot with touch, shoot your turnaround jumper, your face up, 
your fadeaway, your jump hook. He has all that and he can finish with his left already. So that's what he's going to do is get to those type of shots. When bigger bodies are on him, what Pop is going to do is like, we're going to run a pick and roll and we're going to pop you in this space. And now we're going to make the Rudy yeah, Gobert yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Jokic, Jokic's and all the, and the NBA, we're going to make those guys come out to the deep end and guard you at the three point line. And that's when you show your move, not against the smaller guys. So he's going to pick and pop the space. Those guys are going to have to guard his initial jump shot or they're going to have to guard the, the in between the leg dribbles and the spins and all that. That's where Pop's going to help him. Pop is going to show Big Fella how to use everything that he has in the toolbox. Right now, Big Fella got all the tools, but sometimes Facts. he's pulling out the hammer when he needs to use a wrench. For sure. <laughs> all right, next one, you said Scoot. What what do we expect from Scoot? Why will he be in the Rookie of the Year running? Oh, man, what I mean, I, it's his thing. And listen, you, you, and you know Portland feels strong. You know how I know Portland feels strong about Scoot? Because Dane, Dane actually wanted to come back, and they were like, nah, fam, Scoot, Scoot, it's his team. So you can scoot on. Like, that, that let me know. That, <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, listen, though. I think Portland told Dane that I didn't do it. And so that let me know that this kid is the future. They're going to put the ball For in sure. his hands right away. I had a chance to uh, call uh, one of his G League night games. He is absolutely electric. Wow, a lot of oohs and ahs for Scoot Henderson. And so I, I didn't call this game last year. I called it the year before. So I thought he was coming out that year. I thought, wow, this kid's going to be a top five pick. They're like, no, he has to come back. I said, oh, my goodness. Like him? They're wow. like, yes. So he plays with poise. He's a big-time athlete. And he plays with confidence. He inspires his teammates. They're going to put the ball in his hands. Scoot and Anthony Simons might end up being one of the best backcourts in the league when we talk about three, two, three years from now. Not this year, but a couple years from now. And I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be fun. I think that it's going to be a lot of uh, open court plays where he really, really wows you, whether it's in and out dribbles or big time dunks. He can do all that. So I love what Scoot brings. I think he's, he's obviously going to be in the contention for rookie of the year. And my last rookie going to be a guy that I'm going to see, see a lot of because I live in Charlotte and this guy, and this guy's in Charlotte, <laughs> and this guy's in Charlotte. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I I love what we're going to get from Miller. Like, when we talk about Miller and his ability to score, he's a professional scorer already. And so in Summer League, there were some ups and downs, but you got to understand in a real game, you're going to have a, yeah. you're going to have a Bridges on the team. You're going to, in a real game, there's going to be a LaMelo ball. So when LaMelo <laughs> ball is setting the table, and, ah, kicking it to the corner, Miller's going to be knocking down those shots. He, He's going to be knocking on corner threes, one to two dribble pull-ups. You can post him up. Um, what he was doing in Alabama as a freshman was absolutely insane. Like, he was just going off scoring the basketball. So, I think Miller and, and Charlotte obviously going to be that third guy. If I had to take my my top three rookie of the year candidates, I'm going to go with Scoot, Vic, and Miller because, man, all of these guys have an incredibly bright future, and they all bring something different to the table. You ain't getting out of here that fast, man. We we got two diaper dandies ourselves, uh, okay. Amen Thompson and, and, and Cam Whitmore. Um, Amen is a he's a big guard. Um, he didn't play G League at night. He was over there at the overtime deal, and a lot of people maybe had question marks about him. But the type of athleticism that he has, he played a lot of point guard, had the ball in his hands. Obviously, we know he's got to improve his scoring. But what's the value of a big, versatile guard? And I think the most exciting part of it, you talked about it earlier in the show with Boston, is that he defends. He can get out and guard multiple positions. So what do you see from Amen Thompson uh, this season over in Houston, man? Because I think he has a chance to be really special, B. Listen, I love Amen Thompson. And the only reason I didn't put him up there for the rookie of the year is simply because I don't think he's going to have the same opportunity as those guys. For you sure, know, for I don't sure. think he's, the ball is not going to be put in his hands right away. They pay Van Vliet a lot of money. But I think that he's going to come in right away and contribute because we're talking about a 6'6 point guard that's athletic. And he's a competitor. And he's a, a great person. Comes to work hard every day. When you talk about the Thompson twins, both of them, they talk about their demeanor. They want to get better every day. They're athletic and they're they're how, how their dad raised them, and they're so respectful. So when you you guys got a good one, and he's going to blend in right away, be a rotational guy. He's going to be able to handle the ball if you need it. He's going to be able to go out there and play high-level defense, and then in transition, up, up, and away, throw that lob and let young fella get it. That goes for Cam Whitmore as well because he's a, he's a big-time athlete. Whitmore has to work on his individual moves a little bit because he, off the bounce, he's still a little bit raw. 
But the actual athleticism, like, man, he is – listen, he's already rocked up. When they talk about no days off in the weight room, they're talking about this kid. He's already built like a five-, six-year vet, big-time athlete as well. I mean, I think I think you guys got two super athletes, so I, I think the future is bright for the Houston Rockets, and they got the right coach to put these guys in a position to be successful. I think when you look at Cam Whitmore, I think he's overexceeded expectations. I think you have to remember. He had a great simulator. We were great looking. Yeah. We were looking at him with the fourth pick. We yeah. were looking at him with the fourth pick, and then as he failed, the team was going. Hold on, he's still available. He's still available. So Houston got their guy. And here's the thing. Here's the key I want to put in with Cam. He might be that real sleeper rookie of the year in the sense where if Emay sees him defending at a high level, um, obviously there's minutes that just opened up in that position at the two-guard spot. He could be playing a lot of minutes if he's able to pick up the NBA defense in enough time. And with his size and physicality, you talked about it, Brendan, he's coming in ready to play. You know, yeah. for me, I had to add some strength, get, get a little more of a knowledge of the game. But I think he's the guy that you're kind of buzzing going, man, hold on. He might be one of those guys. So keep your eye on Cam Whitmore. All right, hold on, man. Brendan played with LeBron. He knows him probably better than anybody. And he's going to let you know what it's going to take for the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron to repeat as NBA champions. What it's going to take. All right, stay tuned. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love pick six the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, B, last question here before I get you out of here. I got, I got three guys. I want you to run through, and I want you to tell me, break them down a little bit. We talked about them individually in the show. Um, who has the best chance 
at getting another ring. And I want you to rank them one through one through three. We'll start with KD. We'll go LeBron and go Stafford. Baby, better yet, what do these guys have to do or what does their team have to do to give them to have an opportunity to have a ring? Let's start with KD. You talked about it earlier. It was defend. But what else you got for KD maybe individually uh, to do or what can you expect? And does he have a shot at, at his age to go and get that championship he's been chasing? KD definitely has a shot to win the ring. This team is loaded from an offensive standpoint. Um, in order for KD to get a ring, it's not on KD. I know what KD's going to do. In order for KD mm. to get a ring, the front office is going to have to figure out from now up into the trade deadline and the buyout period how to get some defenders, how to get some defenders in there to help help the Phoenix Suns roster. I know what KD's going to do. The only thing I want to see KD do in the playoffs a little bit more is attack the rim. I thought he settled a lot because that jump was wet, but in the playoffs, I want I want to see him attack the rim a little bit more. I want to see him attack that rim. He'd be one of those guys that goes to the free throw line eight, nine, ten times a game. I think that would really help um, uh, the the Phoenix Suns in their quest to win the title. So that would be my one thing for KD. As far as what would LeBron have to do to get a championship, he would actually need to do less. Because for LeBron, yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes. For LeBron to win the championship, he has to start out day one telling Anthony Davis, it is your team now. Pass mm. the buck. Pass the baton. We saw last year, LeBron is still incredible. Hey, bro was bro was tired, man. Like, you can't ask LeBron to go out there and score 30 no more and then go guard Jokic down the stretch of a ball game. Oh, yeah, and then make all the passes. Like, yo, he was gas. He can't do yeah. that. If this Lakers team is going to win, it's going to be because Anthony Davis is the best player on the team. Go back to the bubble. Anthony Davis led that team in scoring when they won the championship. He led that team in rebounding. He led that team in free throw percentage. He led that team in block shots. Uh, like, Anthony Davis was the dude. And they're going to have to get back to that. Anthony Davis has to be – we have to start having the conversation again of Anthony Davis as a top five player in this league. And he has that ability. Mm. And so for LeBron James to win a title, he actually has to do less because he has to empower Anthony Davis more. And so Let me I ask think, this. Yeah. Is, is there any change in Anthony Davis's game that would allow that to happen? Or is it, hey, I need to see him. First of all, we know healthy. We don't even need to say healthy. Yeah. Is it him being more active? Is it maybe him handling the basketball, you know, scoring with more strength in the paint? Or maybe just, you know, sometimes you, get you, older, you know, you play with Antoine Jameson. Is this that touch? He didn't fight with you. He ain't wrestled. The touch in the paint was unbelievable. What do you think is going to help AD take that next step to help LeBron in his quest for a ring? You hit it right on the head. Don't be afraid to wrestle in the paint. The difference, the mm. difference, the difference between AD and Jokic in that series is Jokic was not afraid to go down there every single play and get dirty. And if you're an Anthony Davis, when they Let's switch some, when they switch somebody <laughs> small on you, I don't want to see no face ups. No, punish him, punish him. Like, listen, they they switch the pick and roll on the weak side. It's just, hey, I don't want to see no fadeaways when the team's when the team's six five guys on you. Punish him. And sometimes because AD has all the skills, sometimes he wants to show you that step back or that fadeaway jumper. Like, fam, this dude is six three. Yo, Barbie, like, listen, when you For when sure. yo when Jokic has somebody small on him. He ain't he ain't showing you. It's no a cookout. It's a cookout with the kiss to cook apron. Yeah. It's one bounce, two bounce, body. Hey, look, body yeah, yeah, yeah. body bag. Yeah, I'm I'm drop stepping, I'm jump poking. And that's what AD has to do. So I think AD has to get more physical in the paint. But it has to be one of those things where mentally he feels like Braun is letting me have this. It can't be like he a tug of war. That's why I said Braun has to do yeah. less. Like Braun has to say in front of the team, it's AD's team now. All right, we just talked KD. We talked about LeBron. What would it take for uh, Steph Curry to get another championship? When I look at it, you talk about not looking at KD. I'm looking at Kaminga and I'm looking at Wingigs because I think Chris Paul and Steph can get the most out of those guys, you know, playing the defensive role, uh, running the wing, you know, just their activity could be the difference. And they're going to be called upon. They're the young guys in the roster. What do you see as keys for the Golden State Warriors to repeat as champions at this stage and in, in Chris Paul's and, and, and Steph careers? And, and heck, how are they even going to work together, Brendan? Well, I, I think for Steph to have a shot at the MVP or the Golden State Warriors to even be 
as great as they can be. I think Steph's going to have to be an MVP level. Mm. I understand you have Chris Paul on this team, but we saw Chris Paul the last two years down the stretch fade a lot when asked to do a lot. He's getting a little bit older, so he's going to have to do less. He's still going to be a floor general, which is going to work out great for Steph because Steph is great on and off the ball. So I think well, we're going to see Steph come down and be the guy that he's always been. We've seen the videos, the workout videos. He's out there running in the sand dunes and doing all this stuff, uh, uh, doing the ball handling drills. So Steph's going to come in here. I expect Steph to have a great year. I expect him to be close to a 30-point-per-game score. Um, I think that Chris Paul can help him out in that department because he can take him off the ball. And now they almost have three-point guards out there because you got Steph, Chris Paul, and Drake. All those guys think the game, so they're <laughs> going to be an incredibly smart basketball team. Where that also is going to help the Golden State Warriors, they were one of those teams that used to have some of the most head-scratching and maddening turnovers. Yes. And, when, and Steve Curry yes. talked about it. When they were turning the ball over, they weren't that good. And they're no longer the team that has Kevin Durant, where, yeah, they could turn it over and he just ratchet it up in the first half, in the third quarter. Remember, they used to have those big third quarters. Yep. They're not that team anymore. They have to maximize their potential. They have to uh, play smart basketball. And Chris Paul will always help you play smart basketball. And in turn, that's going to help Steph be the best version of himself. So I think that Steph's going to have an incredible year, and he's going to need it. So for Steph to be MVP, he has to go out there and do what he does. Then off the ball, he has to be that guy that's constant motion, that's getting open on the baselines because he's running hard, coming off screen, hitting those shots. And last but not least, obviously the Golden State Warriors have to be a top four or five team in the Western Conference. And I think they can easily do that as long as all these guys are on the same page. And I'll say this about Chris. I ain't drinking the Kool-Aid this year. And what I said in this sense, when he went to the Rockets, they were like, well, how how's he going to have the ball with usage and James Harden going to have the ball? They made it work. Okay. They were essentially a game away or injury away from being, you know, NBA champions. I really feel in my heart they would have won. Hey, they said ship them off to OKC. This, this is it. How's this going to work? He turned that team into, into, they made the playoffs, dog. They weren't supposed to make the playoffs and all the young guys, uh, got better around them. And then he went to the Suns. They darn near win the NBA championship. It, it was the best Suns that you, you have ever seen. Phoenix was somewhere that people want to be. And, you know, Phoenix was one of those teams that couldn't quite get over the edge. So I think at, at this time, I, like I said, man, I'm, I'm all in on Chris Paul. I think his effect will be with, with Wiggins and those guys and, and Moses Moody, uh, his effect there. So I think those young guys were propel but chris will be that floor general and take the stress off the other guys so uh, I, i'm intrigued to see it but man i think this is going to be one of the better nba scenes that we've seen by far the most parody i think it's a golden time in the league b before you get out of here where you have the lebrons and KD still able to kind of have those throwback performances but you got the jaws and the lucas and the trey youngs and the zions we have bets yet to see from zion man but i think there's just it's the most talent and skill that we've ever seen in the nba and and parody also man yeah, I think there's a lot of skill in this league. I mean, we have, like I said, you have the old guard, but the young guard is coming, man. We have, when you talk about what the, the Pelicans were in first place when Zion and Brandon Ingram were both out. People forget that. For sure. That's a scary team. So we have guys like that. Um, you have John Moran, what he was able to, what he's been able to accomplish in his career, teamed up with Jared Jackson Jr. That's a scary young team. Let's not forget about that guy up there in Minnesota and what he's able to do. Like So, like, the NBA is in a very good place. There's a lot of very good young talent. And you can see who the guys are that, are that got next. As some of these other guys start to age out, we know who's going to be walking through that door. We're talking about a guy like Anthony Edwards. We're talking about a guy like Shea Gilders Alexander down there at OKC. That's another scary team. We're talking about all those type of guys. And, we, like I said, we got, we, got, we got that type of talent, and I think they'll be able to make the most of it. B, appreciate your time, brother. Fun as always, man, on the opinionated. No, hey, NBA Ricky like Ryan Hollins, man. Hey. <laughs> B, before you get out of here, man, um, I'm big on, man, where can the people support you? Where can they follow you? I know for first and foremost, he does an amazing job on NBA TV. Go check him out. Shout out to House of Haywood, man. But where can the people yeah. follow you? Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. And listen, I'm Bwood underscore 33 on Instagram, Bwood underscore 33 on Twitter, like you said. Um, on NBA TV doing desk work, calling games. I'm also working on um, doing the NCAA tournament. I'm calling games as well. So, you know, support your boy wherever you can, man. All right. Good work, dog. We'll talk soon, brother. All right.
Man, appreciate you guys. Take a moment, just a second, man. Make sure you like, you follow, subscribe, share the word. Uh, let us know what you love about the show. Let us know what you don't like. Hey, we're, we're, we're fine with change. And let us know also, what would you like? Who would you like to see on the show? And maybe something you'd like to see more of. Appreciate you guys. Stay tuned. And guess what? I will see you next week on what NBA Rookie Life. Peace. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.